Hey everybody, welcome to some episode of Dickish at Best. I don't know what number we're on. Oh man, I've stopped because this one's every two weeks. It's, it's so hard. It's much different to track. Really hard to keep track of. But <clears throat> anyways, uh, this is our off-topic podcast, an extension of our channel Nartech, where you can find me and Brett normally every Monday for Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast that is family friendly. Just to throw that it is out very there. family friendly. Where this one is not family friendly at all. But yeah, yeah this one you could say cunt if you really oh, wanted to. You, just, you can throw just the c word out there. You know? Right off the bat, I like it. Off the bat, uh, but <laughs> I am your host Saul. And <laughs> Gotta set the tone early. To my left is gonna be Casey. Hey, how's it going? Our guest, Our Casey. Guest. Just to give you a little bit, you're, you're bumped up. You're gonna want to keep this thing about. Yeah. I guess yeah. yeah. It's fist, different than what you're used face, to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm used to those shitty mics where it's just Yeah. Well you gotta be right up <laughs> right on, up on them, yeah. choking them almost. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And y'all know this fool from Triangle Squared. Yeah, that's, I'm Brett. That's Brett. Yeah. Uh, you may be noticing that Blake or Blake. Blaze. Blake, Blake <laughs> the new <laughs> Blaze is <laughs> gone. Alter ego. Uh not not even a joking, but uh he has the flu. Um <laughs> So if you've been watching this show <laughs> The the irony of it's so strong. He messaged me and said, "Don't tell Saul, <laughs> but I have the flu." <laughs> he goes, "But I think I've got the flu." Then he went and got the, He's like, "The doctor confirmed that it was a flu." Uh, so, so people who've watched our past episodes know that I was telling them they need to get flu shots, and then Blaze was defending not getting one. Which, to be fair, I was too. One, though. Yeah, to be well, you don't have the flu, but uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to be fair, uh, this is a new strain that he got, so a flu shot may not have done anything for oh, him. Dude, but I've still got hilarious. My my thing until I get the flu, which may happen one of these days. But right now, I was born in '93. I've never had the flu, so flu free since '93. I've got it, man. That's great. It's a shirt idea. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Selling. But then people are going to think it's because I've been getting vaccines and be like, no, bro, my blood is just superior. That's true. Now, um, now all Blaze has left to do to just really max out the irony of the podcast is to go to a bank and find out that he doesn't, like, he has too much true debt, you know? Yeah, no, that, no that'll the, be when the, we're in the, the real stuff. The medical <laughs> bills cost him true debt. <laughs> yeah, you just have to be here. There was an episode where Saul was, we were talking about the way debt structure works, and he was like, well, there's, he, the thing is, like, he was saying it like it was a real banking term. Like, no, but that's not true debt. It's like, what the fuck is true debt? I was comparing, like, credit card debt that you can't pay versus a car payment. Credit card debt you can't pay would be true debt. Because, like, you're, yeah. you're truly indebted to that and you can't do anything about it. Where a car payment, you got yourself in on, you're making monthly payments yeah. with intentions of paying it off. But anyways, yeah. you guys can find us on all podcast services. There's no around collateral the globe. on one is what it comes down to. Yes, you can find us on all podcast services sure. around the globe and uh, on YouTube in form of video, so you can see our faces. This is, of course, something you'll see every two weeks, every Friday, every other Friday, I should say. And unless uh, you're a patron, unless you're a patron, and once you get them Mondays, right? And you're yep. the best kind of people. Yeah, they're they're great people. Uh, patrons, just want to let you know these mic arms that we bought like six months ago are terrible. We were trying to be we were trying to be cheapos. If I we're gonna get the, new ones. On, uh, thanks to you guys. You know what? When that you, Christmas presents from our patrons. Yes, we're gonna treat ourselves with what you treated us with. So thank you. If I had the determination and dedication, I would go through and edit a montage of every time my mic has just fallen. Mm. It's you only should. been about six times, but and there's been a couple times where mid sentence Saul's talking and the, the mic just drops completely out of range <laughs> of his mouth. There's yeah, wrong with that. Thankfully, it, it never has just actually ruined the audio, but it would have been funny if you're just talking in the middle of a serious point and suddenly it drops and you just can't hear anything. But people who are watching the video can just see you moving your lips, doing a bunch yeah. of nothing. Not many people watch our videos, though. We only get like maybe 30 on average. Yeah, on this. I mean, you know, I mean, really no, across, I'm the, across the board. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I was looking at that the other day. I was like, how long was it since we had like a episode with like 60 views? And I went back to like episode, it was the Insomniac episode. Mm-hmm. And then before that, it was... yeah. 
uh, a PS5 thing where everybody just wants to listen, which I, I honestly I get. Yeah, Even I mean, I get, then, I'm not complaining. I'm if just, I'm not in a car, if I'm in my office and I'm watching a, and I'm doing a podcast, I'm watching it. It's on yeah. YouTube, and I, I glance at it. And if I do need to, I'll go over. But if I'm uh, if I'm driving, you know, it's kind of I, I was the irony is that I still listen to it on YouTube. I just play it on YouTube and go about my business because I got YouTube Red, and that means no ads. If you listen to a lot of podcasts, when you go to the podcast service version, yeah. they have played in ads. So I mean, I kind of get it, but it's just. Uh, I guess it's the place I'm most used to it. Yeah, and I was actually trying to find um, <clears throat> our last video. We had one of our good buddies that found us thanks to Funk Turkey. He actually commented saying, "I'm curious as to where the show's going to go because nobody watches it or something like that." Yeah, I meant to. I meant to respond to that. <laughs> he said, <laughs> "He said I'm very curious what will happen with this show. Why just a small number of views?" Yeah. Hey, you know, I don't know. Uh, the episode that we had with our buddy Funk Turkey Kurt that I was telling you about yeah. that had the uh, the two point one million views overnight. Not no, quite no, overnight, no, no, no. but I mean, very like a week, it, and it was almost a, it was a million in one day, almost. So still very very good times. But yeah, that episode did great. Which I mean, but that's one of those things of and our, uh, the e- algorithms are a bitch. Our E three <laughs> yeah. episodes always do great too. Like our one of our E three episodes has ten thousand views on it. Where the wait, I, what was it? I don't even know. I, I don't understand it. I'm telling you, the algorithm is the hardest thing to figure out. If we were ever going to do anything with the patrons that we get, if we ever get to enough money per month that we could afford to hire somebody we're who understands buying, how the fuck SOE yeah, works. Start buying subscribers. <laughs> no, not that. Just enough money to pay somebody who understands how to do the, the search engine optimization because it's a bitch. I mean, really, it's like you think you'll figure something out and you get an episode that will do way better than yeah. usual. And you'll be like, okay, I figured it out. You do the same basic idea the next time, nothing. You'll be like, and I don't know, is it the algorithm constantly changing or did I just, was it only that topic that I happened to catch the algorithm the right way? I don't know. Also, people are lazy. Like, imagine how many times have you watched a YouTube video? I'm like, oh, that's a cool video. And it just clicked off never to liking the video or subscribing to that channel. Oh, oh and I do it all the time. Yeah. Because, because of that, 100%. because I'm, and I've been trying to do that like across the whole thing with my, with myself on anything I do. If I notice that if I would do it, that I'd want a certain reaction, I just start doing it. So if like, if I go somewhere, and I enjoy it. That's like, I was trying to tell Han, I think I'm gonna, I'm thinking I'm actually gonna join the, the nightmare that is Texture Can of Cheers and Jeers. Oh, uh, I don't yucky. know if other cities oh. have these, but Cheers and Jeers, the idea behind it is obvious, is that if you go somewhere and you have a good experience, you cheer them. If you have a, a bad experience, you jeer them. Well, the problem is, is that that page is almost nothing but jeers that make no sense. Yeah. They're like, Dude, one just, that, just for example, and I don't know if you've heard this one, because I know you're not really on, you don't have a Facebook. I don't have a Facebook, but I heard one that pissed me off. Me neither, man. Yeah, I hate How Facebook. do you like it? I love it. I, I haven't had a Facebook in like eight years, nine it years. Mine has been that long, but I, I really enjoy not having a Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I just don't use mine much. People get mad at me for not having an Instagram. You know, I'm working on that old truck, and my, my dad's friend was like, he's like, you just need to take pictures of it and post it to Instagram with 744. And I was like, I don't have an Instagram. He's like, oh, you need to have an Instagram. I do like my Instagram. I like it better than, than when I had Facebook. Is Instagram honestly. the same? Is that, isn't that owned by Facebook? It or is, is it? Facebook. Okay. I couldn't think of it as Instagram or the other one. Um, Snapchat? Yeah. No, it's Instagram. Uh, I don't think Snapchat's if owned Facebook by anybody. Facebook bought Snapchat, they would have everything. Yeah. They besides would, Twitter, but I besides mean. Besides Twitter, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's already been Twitter's on the way down anyway. Uh, Twitter seems to be doing fine. I don't know, though. Not as much as it was. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Because uh, the way they do uh, ad stuff is way different than, yeah. than Facebook, so. But I, I don't know. Twitter's fun, though. Twitter's like the Wild See, West, I, dude. Yeah, I know that's what I've heard. 
I have a Twitter, but I don't fuck with the, it. The joke you constantly see is if you actually get lucky enough to see somebody share something on Facebook that's like a girl with her titties out, it's like, <laughs> uh, like this and share this before uh, Kuckerberg takes it there. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, this is what gets me in relation to views. Before it gets zucked. Yeah. You know? This is what gets me in relation to views. Okay, so I was going to use E3 as, a, as a, a comparison, but that didn't make sense because some people like Microsoft better than PlayStation mm-hmm. and vice versa, which is funny because we actually got more views on our Microsoft E3 than our PlayStation E3 mm-hmm. reactions. But I did that Let's Play for Dark Souls 3. My first episode got 53 views. My second episode got 30. So I'm like, okay, a little bit decline there. Not everybody, it's not for everybody, but we saw some people. My third episode has 15 views. I'm like, okay, about half the people are still watching, but they're still hanging around. My fourth episode has 37. <laughs> Where, <laughs> who are all these people that skipped episode two, three Dude, to go to four? <laughs> it, it, I'm telling you right now, if you want to try and make sense of YouTube's algorithm for us, I, I don't think we have the time to understand it and do it. It literally did it too. Like, like 34 people watched episode six, but only 27 watched episode seven. Why are you not finishing Let's Plays? Like, I mean, I get not finishing it, but why does it seem like you're skipping around? But honestly, what it is is probably, and this is how dumb the algorithm is, somebody knew probably half of those views are probably not even people who are consecutive watchers. They just watched one episode. That's well, 100%. And yeah. never watched anything else. And I did put game descriptions in my title. So like episode <clears throat> six is, um, Lords of Cinder and Dancer. And so people might be looking at how to beat something or click on it because of the mm, names. Maybe. Or maybe they're doing that thing where they're like, oh, Dancer of the Boreal Valley. That was uh, a hard porn. one. <laughs> no, that's not many of my videos. That is a thing. Uh, you, I know you don't play Dark Souls. So you nope. wouldn't know. But there's this really re- crazy looking like tall freakish lady who's like a belly dancer dressing. And <laughs> No, I got one Of course, people you. make porn of everything. You know, what, oh, is, it, what was it? Rule... 34. 34, yeah. I, I got something better for you. <laughs> you like how it just came off of his head? I did. I yeah, like you that. know? Look, okay, so this is the bad guy in the very first year of Destiny 1. I know uh, Brett mm-hmm. knows what he looks like. That's Callus. Okay. Let me show you Rule 34, Callus. <laughs> oh, God. I just recently learned that there's Rule 34 Pokemon, and I should have already known that. There's Rule 30. The, the, I think like Rule 34 or 3 is like there's rule. There's a Rule 34 for everything. <laughs> Well, rule, rule 34 is supposed to be that if it exists, it's a porn version exists. It has to be. Have you seen, and I mean this always to see, there's, there's porn veggie tales that I stumbled across. No way. Yo, what's up? Why's Callus, uh, why's Callus <laughs> rule 34 looking thick? What? <laughs> yeah. So like literally everything. There's an Instagram page that I came across, uh, not too long ago. <laughs> it, it showed up on my feed somehow and it was like literally cartoon drawings of like thick chicks. Oh yeah. And no, I was dude. like, what the fuck is this? The, the lovely thing about the internet is that there's a market for everything out there, and if you can just figure out what you need to do to tap into it, yeah. then you can get it. Yeah. The thing is, is like you know, a lot of people. Uh, Joe Rogan, we were talking about earlier. He tells a lot of people, and when we went to go see him, he was even saying, "He's like everybody asks, him, like, why do I tell everybody to do a podcast? It's like it's it's just fun, and a lot of people have the opportunity to do it. But he's the thing is, is that he talks about all the time he got lucky and just stumbled into it. On top yeah. of the fact that people already knew who Joe Rogan was, but half of getting somewhere on the internet with these things because we get a lot of listens. YouTube is where we don't make any. Yeah. Like we we don't know how to make sense of YouTube. Yeah, and we've had, like he said, we have episodes or different things that have like thousands of views. Then we have ones that have like twelve views, and and it goes wildly different. But our listens are consecutive, and they make sense, and you can understand yeah. the the gains and the minuses here and there, and, and you can kind of see why they drop off. YouTube constantly, when we're uploading stuff, would be like, do you understand why your channel's performing the way it is? And every time, it's got like six things you do, like a little bit, kind of, not at all, uh, very well, and I'm always like, not at all. <laughs> I, you have not done one thing to describe to this. me. 
even Kurt, you know, Kurt doing that stuff, he's been doing a lot of other parodies, and some of them are doing all right because he built up a good subscriber base off yeah. of the first one. But it's like, you know, that one hit 2.1 million in like a week and a half. That's pretty crazy. Everything else that he's done is like having problems getting to the 10,000s, and it all comes down to what does the algorithm favor? And that one, it got to be, for some reason, a lot of people were watching it consecutively, liking it and sharing it for whatever reason, and that, that those are the biggest things. It's hard to get people to like and share stuff, but even past that, it's just, are you typing in the right, are you setting the right keywords for people to type in and find so that it will then pick up Steam naturally? And then once it picks up Steam naturally, YouTube will notice that, and then it'll put it in recommended for somebody else. It, none of it makes damn sense. I don't know, man. I find myself, when I'm searching for YouTube videos, if it starts out with like a minute to minute and a half, maybe two minute long beginning that's telling me to click, click and link and subscribe and all that, I I, I just exit off. I told it. you that. Like, yeah. there, there, I know. There, I know. Trust there, me, I get it. There get is a out. there's a real statistic that says that if you if you but if you do it at the end of the video, in, apparently it goes over better. In the first, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the first third of your video, if you say anything about your subscribers liking or following, yeah. it, it's just going to drive people away. Instead of do the, it's going to do the exact opposite of what you want. It's going to yeah. drive people away and and not um not have them subscribe. You know, if I could get together enough, because on Triangle Squared, we've got moderately lucky. Again, on listens, I wonder if I, if I move that around to the end. It's just something that you forget. Like, it's easier to do at the beginning, because once you get into a conversation, you get to this point where you're like, well, I'm in the middle of a conversation. It's hard to want to think, like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to end on. But really, it'd be a simple thing to try. We should at least try it. But well, it's, it's, just- like, it's like Joe, Joe Rogan on his podcast. <laughs> you know, do you, you ever listen to podcasts and in the middle of the podcast, they go into like all these ad breaks and stuff all the time? Yeah. I hate that see that's why i watch so it on youtube because i don't get the ads because yeah. i pay for youtube red yeah because exactly when you're when it, there's something about it, and it's the same thing with commercials on things that are obviously not made for tv but then are put to tv mm-hmm. like movies are not made to be put on tv but then they get put on tv and they'll be in the middle of like a really big intense yeah. scene but it's like well this is time for commercial yep, break and the way break. tv works it's like okay i guess i hate it <laughs> and yeah it, it ruins like you know if you go, because I've listened one time on Google Play Music because out of curiosity, I was like, well, maybe it'd be easier. And as soon as I started, there's like three minutes of pre-roll ad. Yeah. Then there's ad in the middle. And I'm yeah. like, oh God. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> back to YouTube I go. That's why I like Rogan's because he does it all at the beginning and then he, you know, hits some at the end. Nothing in between. Yeah. Know, it's just smart. That's I mean, I, yeah, it's very smart. Yeah. And I, and I see that the upside <laughs> of YouTube Red is like, you write, you write that thing in the in between of some people just use YouTube and then use ad, um, ad block. I don't really, I mean, I don't want to do that because I like what he does and I would like for what I'm doing to go towards him. But since I pay for YouTube Red, he does get money for yeah. me watching it and I still don't have to deal with ads. So it's kind of like that sweet in-between spot. Yeah. I guess, you know, the big thing that I had before even doing it in this podcast is I would, I supported people on Patreon and I still do. Uh, I support people that I don't even have time to watch anymore just because I like them. And I'm yeah. like, you know, I enjoyed their content. They gave me more than, you know, if I give them $2 a month for the year, is $24 yeah. really going to kill me? No. No, but it, it means a lot to them. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody's in that position. I'm not trying to say yeah, that yeah, should be sure. a thing. $2 is a lot Go of money give to now some people. to every Patreon but, ever. Yeah, you know. But it is one of those things where I think that the internet and the fact that you can get things so freely and cheaply and a lot of people just don't even think about it to the point where they don't want there to be ads. But if they don't want there to be ads... Then you roll between this thing of like, well, then how am I going to get money to keep doing this if you want me to do this as often as you want me to do yep. it? Yep. And it's kind of like the fish and the egg thing. It's like, or the chicken and the egg, not the fish and the egg. <laughs> <laughs> but the chicken and the egg thing of like, something has to hit first. 
which one's it going to be? Is it going to be that people are going to be okay with me doing ads so that I can get enough money to maybe get to a point where I can afford to bring in people and do this without ads or with less ads or it, it, it's a lot of stuff, you know? When we were setting out to do this, because, uh, like, I mean, y'all did Talking Shed for a long time, and y'all never did any kind of ad reads or anything like that. Did you, did we, you even we, reach we out? Try, yeah, we tried. Um, I think one of them was something potato. Something about a potato <laughs> something. I can't remember. That was a long potato time ago. Potato vodka. Just, yeah, it was just kind of messages on a potato that you could send to people. Oh, the ones that you can mail? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What? It was just something like that. Have and you not seen this? No. It's a potato that's got like that you write on and then you mail it to somebody. Yeah. And essentially, but there's a company that does it for you yeah. instead of you just doing it yourself. And it was just kind of fun. We did, we never got like, you know, yeah, searching for money or anything. Yeah, you know what would be funny though? Like if you were just a millionaire, I think about all the weird things I'd do if I ever won the lottery and had oh, yeah. money to just be a, like to be weird, not even jackass, just to be weird. Like one of the things I think about all the time is here in town, you ever just be driving and you see the little pockets of areas that cops always sit in trying yep. to wait for people? I was like, I would buy all that land and put up a fence right to the sidewalk. <laughs> And say and that way, and, and and then put a thing on and have it be where it's like, oh, cops can't get there. Take away all their hiding spots. I'll th- just find new hiding spots. I saw the best hiding spot for a cop ever in this town. If you're heading down Seventh, uh, uh, technically East, and you're going towards like State Line, uh, think so that you you guys know where that uh, everything or almost everything yeah. car shop is was so but yeah, yeah. It's something new now. So down the road on the other side, there's car toys, mm-hmm. and then right before that is a car lot. Well, right there at the edge of the car lot at the corner, there's always been this car in the middle there parked under like this little cabana style thing that they just display a car at. There's mm-hmm. a cop car backed into that the other day. I'm just like in a car lot. Like yeah. I was not paying attention and it was one of those white chargers that mm-hmm. have the, uh, the holographic lettering. So you wouldn't even have noticed that's a cop Genius. sitting in and See, it was raining. It was like that dude is smart. And if slick. I own that car lot, I'd be the guy going, yeah. why are you on my property? Yeah, get off get of my property. Well, I didn't I mean, tell you could be here. I would, I would assume if a cop was that bold, he probably had permission. Yeah. I would oh, assume. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. That that's the thing about cops is that there's some cops that are like, no, I'm a cop. I I'm can the just law. do what I want. Yeah, I am the law. You get in that weird thing, but that's why I do. And I, I essentially, I, I would strategically buy out. So if I bought all the ones that I was aware of, and then I start driving around looking if I found a new one, buy that property, put a fence up, and just do it until they're like, "All right, you're what the fuck?" That. You're talking about that stupid rich money. Oh yeah, no, like to the point where you're just like, I can do anything I want. Now this is a, obviously a way out there. One hundred percent. You know, very unlikely that ever happen. That's your whole entire fantasy is but, buying uh, land. So, cops but isn't that a weird thing? Like, what would you work. do if you had billions of dollars? I would buy out land. <laughs> but isn't that kind of like almost a Robin Hood thing? Like it, I'm, it I'm getting be. a bunch of money and I'm using it, it to help be. the average person. It would be. Because we were talking about that the other day. My biggest problem, I don't think I couldn't be a cop. And not even from anything outside of the fact that the business aspect of it where it's like, well, you're supposed to be out there and just sitting in a place that gives you the highest chance of being able to catch people doing things that are technically illegal but don't necessarily harm that many people uh, as opposed to... Like when I see a car, when I see a cop car sitting in one spot and I can tell that they've been sitting there for hours or if I, if I come back around 30 minutes later and they're still sitting in the same spot, that bothers the shit out of me. I'm like, my tax money is going towards you sitting in a spot just so yeah. you can try and make more money. I'm already paying you my tax money. So what the fuck are my taxes going towards? <laughs> but then you get to that point. Where it's like, okay, I feel a lot better. Like, if I just noticed a cop that was just, like, kind of driving slowly between areas and just kind of looking, I'm like, you know, the chances of him coming across something are still low. But at least it feels like he's actively searching for things that might be real emergencies. Yeah, 100%. It, it, a girl being dragged down the road about to get, like, who knows? Maybe he's maybe she's getting beat being dragged down the road. Yeah. You're not going to see her if you're sitting on the goddamn corner of that's the true. most major highway where obviously that's not going to really happen. It it just feels like a waste of tax money, and and I think it's why a lot of people don't trust cops. Is it just feels like they're there to make money off of you, and then 
from your taxes just to then make money off of you because you went two miles over the speed limit. You know how like your brain tries to autocomplete sometimes when somebody's talking? Yes. He was saying uh, the cop may be driving down and he may see uh, a girl getting dragged off to who knows. I really thought you could say a girl getting dragged off to Hooters for some reason. <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, why would she be getting dragged off to Hooters? <laughs> kind of like, fuck you. You're going you're you're gonna, gonna to work. You're going to force me to get a job. <laughs> the Hooters. God. Uh, this is the worst. That would be an interesting. Would the cops need to stop that? Go on, go on. <laughs> dad dragging his daughter. Like I don't even care where it's at. You're gonna work somewhere. Going back to uh to reviews and stuff of things. Um, I actually wrote a review for Yelp the other day. It's been actually it was last weekend, but I got so pissed off at our chilies that I wrote a okay, review. Okay, now hold on. That and I'm not saying you're wrong for doing that, but this is and this is the problem with all those types of services. That what I was getting at a second ago is that I wanted to get on Cheers and Cheers to where more often than not, I can, every time I go somewhere, and the, the problem with Cheers is that your expectations for what you choose to mark as a cheer are crazy high. Oh, yeah. But the moment that one thing goes wrong, there's a number of people that are like, "They fucked up my French fries." Jeer. No, see, this is yep. the problem. Is this is and I actually mentioned it in the review. Here, I'll just read it off because it's kind of short, <clears throat> and I was a little drunk too. But I was like really hungry. <laughs> I was really hungry. Drunk at Chili's. And yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Me and Annie will go pick up. Oh to yeah. Go. yeah. Yeah, you never uh, eat at Chili's. Yeah, fair. yeah. Fair. But uh, I said, I what a waste of time. I'm not expecting 10 out of 10 of a chain restaurant, but this one's absolutely terrible, specifically in regards to their online app ordering. Three times now, they have completely left something off of our order, forcing us to go back into side to correct a the mistake. They don't even go through what we ordered anymore. They just give us a clear bag and send us on our way. Not being angry or rude when telling them either, but we might as well have been because we were treated like trash and for wanting them to fix a mistake that wasn't ours. It took nearly 15 minutes minutes to fix the skillet queso and chips they forgot the first time the second time was an entree that took them nearly 30 minutes to fix shame on me from ordering from them i might as well gone to applebee's and that's saying a lot because they're because oh. i consider them trash oh. <laughs> boy if i if but, i was a chili's franchise owner and someone said i should have I, I, I might as well have went to applebee's i'd have been like shot to the heart in that but, moment like we went there and they literally forgot like um we got home last time and they literally forgot our fries and i and the first time was an entree the second time was fries i'm like i'm not going back to for fries like i'm just gonna eat more chips and queso but this last time dude we were like uh i got it we got in the or andy brought it out to the car and it, you know this being the third time this happened i looked in the bag i'm like there's no chips in here so i can already tell you they left off the salsa and stuff so if there was two to-go boxes and that's her meal and my meal no chips no salsa no anything no yeah. skillet queso so and he goes back in and like literally 20 minutes later i'm like this shouldn't take 20 minutes to whip up this no. is skillet queso this shouldn't. is pre-made stuff you put in a, a bowl on our table you microwave it or you preheat it beforehand or it's in a, a bucket that's just in hot water that keeps it hot so you can uh, just loop it out yeah that could Whatever, work too but, hey. but yeah it's just like it's like come on now like this is the third consecutive time like it's rare that a restaurant messes up this much this many times in a row for the exact same problem. That's what I'll complain about something is like, if I go to somewhere like Wild Wings, I know I'm not going to Wild Wings because the main uh, problem at Wild Wings is how slow they are every time. Yep. Every time. And it's not something else every time. It's like my, it's, it's, you know, it didn't take my food that long to get out or they left off something on my order or the place wasn't clean. It wasn't multiple mistakes. It was that one single like problem. But over and over and over Never again. fixed. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's still, it comes down to the thing of, I think part of the reason that Texas can of cheers and jeers and probably any other cheer and jeer that exists is so negative is that people immediately want to complain about something, but they seldom want to go somewhere and have a perfectly fine experience and then go, you know what? I ate at Chili's tonight. 
and everything was right. Like yep. it wasn't just above and beyond, but it was like everything was perfect. I got out in 20 minutes. All my food was correct. It tasted good. Normal temperature. Drinks were refilled on average. But that's, for some reason, that doesn't deserve any kind of remark. Well, it, it has to be the negative. And I'm not saying that it's wrong that people do it. It's just it's clear why these places end up getting flooded in the, in the aspect of negative. And that goes back to what we were just talking about on Triangle Squared of Death Stranding and Pokemon is that the people who are having good experiences with them are more often than not really not going online because they're playing the game. They're not yeah. worried about They're not trying to go, play the game and be like, this is amazing. I'm having a great time. Let me go type up this long review. No. Mm -hmm. It takes the ire of just being pissed about something menial. And I don't mean yours because that's actually and – that and it took you multiple times to get to the point of – I, I'm at the point where I just need to say something. Yeah. But for the people who go somewhere and the first time they fuck up, it's no, immediately that's, no. That's different. And also, at least you know in our our friend circle, like when we typically go out and service is good, we typically tip pretty good. Yeah. For what sure. like versus like what our uh, what our bill was. Um. So like at least that regards, it's not uh, that kind of defensive purpose of not going and giving a good review. I gave yeah. my waiter a good review technically in the form of yeah, a, a, and, and a see, tip. And that's the other thing is you have, you've already, and as far as you're concerned, you've already given your like my, my your review. cheer. Yeah. Your, but you didn't give it to a large audience. You just gave it to the person that it mattered the most to at that moment, yeah, which and, is the person who served you. Well, that's the thing too, right? It's like, I would feel much better giving a, like $10 over to my waiter or waitress for a good service experience yeah. than to like call. Well, like if I call and talk to a manager at a restaurant, they're going to go and, and, and tell the waiter or waitress like, Hey, good job. But if I go and call a complaint at a restaurant, being a manager seven years, I'm not going to give a single fuck about what you're telling me. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll address the problem. Uh, I'll be sure to put it. Yeah. I'll put it on the record that it is not a thing, and then yep. it'll be it'll be gone. But um, yeah, like that right there is just to show people who like want to go to Chili's. Like, I might want to avoid online ordering because, like, if I call and complain to them, they're just going to give me a gift card and tell, and tell me I'm sorry. I don't want that. Fuck that. Like, like you messed up now three times in somewhat big fashions, at least on the second and third orders. It's a, it's a mixed bag, right? An example I had recently of where, and, and Hannah is always, Hannah gets really mad. It's been probably like, <laughs> dude, I'm scared. It's to go. probably been like eight months ago, when, maybe when, even a year ago. When we're at a restaurant and somebody fucks up some of the Hannah's, I get scared. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, don't be mean. I just tell them, like, calm them. down. Like, like, it's not my mom. It's not that level. Hannah's still pretty calm, but she gets mad. Before the person comes. So you think she's going to blow up on the person, but yeah. really she, she kind of gets it all out on the people that are immediately around her. And then when the person comes, it's kind of like a mild version of like, yeah. I really wish you wouldn't have messed this up. Can you please fix it? But you know, we went and got uh, milkshakes from Sonic right down the road. I uh, got back home and it was, I, I was like, I don't really feel like going back. It's whatever. They gave us, um, it wasn't milkshake. It was Sonic Blast. And it had the toppings on the top. So like I had a cookies and cream one, Oreo one. And it was just Oreos and the whipped cream. And the ice cream was just vanilla all the way down. Had nothing in it. And Hannah's was the same way. So I just called up there. like, hey, man, I just recently came up there. And I didn't know who answered. It ended up being the manager. And he goes, and he and he actually stopped me from finishing the sentence. He goes, and, and I can't remember what Hannah got. But he's like, and this, this was the other one, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, actually, man, he's like, I, I made those. We're really short hands tonight. And they got pulled off and moved before I could finish them. And somebody else took him and put the stuff on. He's like, I'm real sorry, but if you come up here, we have your name on a list and we'll just make you new ones. And it was a perfectly fine experience. Yeah. I was like, hey, thanks, man. I was like, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just, if I wanted, I go to Sonic to get ice cream for the convenience and, of, of getting, I was like, you know, if I wanted to just go get ice cream that was vanilla, I could just go to a store and get, a, yeah. Three times as much Home ice style cream. vanilla blueberry. Oh, man. The ice cream. Cream. The best ice cream yeah. in the world. I, see, I have, I have an apple pie in the fridge right now, oh. and I went and bought some of that yesterday so I could put it on the apple pie. Mm. You don't even have to add chocolate syrup to it, but if you do, now it just makes talking. it that much better. See, look, I feel bad over here, though, because Casey's trying to eat healthy, and I'm just over here. 
How's it going to work? Uh, how's your eating thing going to work uh, for, for Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? Are you just are you saying fuck it for the Thanksgiving yeah, I might. time period? I might. I would. Well, see, what it comes down to is how 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 able are you to resume it once you're done? I don't think there's anything wrong with going. No, hey, no. this is a time period where everybody in the family comes together and just eats and has a good time. But the following week. Right back on on diet. If you don't, you know, eat, can you do that? Well, well, I'm going to the gym five times a week anyway, so I mean, it's you're making up for. I'm it. making up for it anyway. And so. if you don't eat twelve deviled eggs on Thanksgiving, you're just not doing it right. hundred percent. And deviled eggs are my favorite. Thing That's my world. favorite I, thing I, for I Thanksgiving. Can't, you can't, bro. Like I'm telling you, not eat deviled. I have Annie's mom. She specifically makes two kinds because I think she has someone with chives in it or onions or something, and I don't like that. Chives or onions. So yeah, yeah. So I just have her make her plain batch for me, like literally like twelve of them, and they're gone yeah. just pop in my mouth like that's six eggs total i just ate i have a strong pre- opinion on deviled eggs you don't like deviled eggs They're terrible bruh you are you're not wrong, getting the right sir. ones yeah you're not you're not getting them made right now if we just want to if we, if we want to go back dry? to just uh, i just Oh, I, across the board, they're too like overly seasoned. Almost every time I've had them, where they just feel like there's too yeah, much going on. Right. Yeah, no, they're not doing it right. Is, is now, the, I love the, boiled eggs. Is the center is the, the center boy up on dry, eggs. or is it like really wet? Uh, kind of in between. Okay, so like at least that's right. I've seen people do deviled eggs where they're really dry. I'm like this is a boiled egg. 100%. This is not a deviled egg. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you make a deviled egg, don't you scoop out the hard yolk mm-hmm. or, yeah. and then you mix it into like, what you're pretty doing? much like mayonnaise, mayonnaise. slash miracle so I've, whip. I've seen somebody make it. It's just I, I, it's got to be miracle whip too. It makes it a little Sweeter. bit more sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is that's the good that's stuff. the that's the time you cheat and you get the fake shit. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I like to put a dollop of sriracha on top too. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Cayenne sriracha. So I know how badly you ate. Prior yes. to your stuff, but uh-huh. there was also there was also a whole thing of drinking involved there. A lot of drinking. So, do you think that you ate so badly because of the drinking? Is I'll it, answer. The, I'll answer that question for you and say yes. Yes, hundred percent. So is it just like a loop? Like yeah, it was you, you just kind of. It was just kind of like I don't give a shit. I don't care. You know, I'll just eat whatever I want, and you know, whatever. Is it just because your inhibitions are gone because you're drinking? I, no, I dude. Maybe it could be. Man, I don't know. From my personal experience, like now, like see, now that I work where I work now, and I, I you know, I wake up at five a.m. every day. I don't drink at all during the week, but I'll drink on Friday and Saturday. If I get if I get tipsy slash drunk and I have an empty stomach, the first thing that happens is insatiable hunger. Hundred percent. And I'm telling you, dude, when I like, gained all that weight back then, before I lost it again, Chick Fil A, I'd get a large fry, twelve count nuggets, a sandwich, <laughs> yeah, I know, and a. Uh, um, Why does everybody act like getting high gets you hungry? It sounds like getting drunk gets you I, fucking I, I, ripped. I, 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 th- I think just being when you're either drunk or high, I think it doesn't matter. I think you're just you get hungry. It's, yeah, once just, you get to a point where you your mind is point. is uh, inebriated, 100%. your mind's just like, yo, yeah. bro, fucking yes. fill me up. Yes. And when I worked at CVS, I'd grab a DiGiorno's and take it home. I would eat that whole entire pizza, like one large DiGiorno's, like with a with half a bottle of wine and then like soda. Come on, yeah. that's that's Dude, ridiculous amount. Here's calories. the thing about soda that's crazy. Is like I found like you know when I go to Chipotle I'm real, really really Damn, pulled. That sounds so good right I know, now. Dude, I, I'm really pulled to their glass bottle Coke, the Mexican Coke yeah, they yeah. have. So much sugar, and it's amazing that I will eat an entire burrito. That's a pretty big thing, right? Yep. And if I don't drink the Coke, I feel fine the rest of the day, no problem. I feel, and I can eat dinner, no problem. If I drink the Coke with and I have that for lunch. The Coke is what sets me over the edge. Like the rest of the day, I feel like shit. Yep. And I'm like, how does this little like 13, 13 ounces of liquid, thirteen spoons of sugar, just yeah. fucking destroy me? hundred percent. And it, it's amazing. And like I've noticed that recently because we bought these Dr. Peppers, just cause I shouldn't have. I've been drinking so much just tea and water for a Not long time. Cool, Dr. So when I start going back to drinking anything like that, I'm like, dude, this fills me up so much. How did it at one point in my life, how did I drink five of these while waiting for my food and yeah. then eat all of my food? Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's like, you know, when I get, even now that I stopped doing that, when I used to get sweet tea, 
I would drink multiple sweet teas and McAllister's while waiting. And then I drink normally at least two, sometimes three with a refill before I left, uh, being the third one. And now when I go there and I drink unsweet tea, I eat my entire meal and I still have three quarters of my tea left. And that sugar, lasts man. me the rest of the day. It's the sugar. It, yeah. And I, I it's amazing. hundred percent. It, yeah. It's, it's genuinely. I cut amazing. out a lot of sugars. Um, I drink diet Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. and water. Do you, does a diet Dr. Pepper not do the same thing? Mm-mm. Do you, not when you me. drink it, do you not feel bad? But if nah, you drink a normal Dr. Pepper, you feel it. Could be the way I, the, I the a long time, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. it would. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Maybe the way the sugar alcohols are like, maybe it's, it has to do with digestive tract and the sugar overreacting with your digestive tract. Yeah, I don't know. So man. maybe your body's just having to pummel through all that. Well, through. I guess my biggest thing is like with Casey, what I kept thinking of like he, you kind of did, but to an even more extent of what I did back when I was actually losing weight. Andrew um, still thought you were doing keto, by the way. No, I haven't been doing that. I, I tried keto for a while, and it I sucks. didn't even do. I never did keto because I can't go that low in carbs. It's hard for for well, me to do it without feeling like I'm actually depriving myself. I was always tired, like at work at like three o'clock. Man, I would just be like oh, I'm miserable now. Now, so tired. when I was doing essentially low carb, and I was eating. Like for me, keto would be below 20 carbs a day mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. I was eating somewhere in the vicinity of 40 carbs a day whenever I was losing a lot of weight and I yeah. felt fine. Yeah. And I actually felt, I would wake up and I would eat a breakfast of, and it's amazing how much food I could eat and then I'd lose weight. I would eat two pieces of sausage, like two sausage patties, two pieces of bacon and two eggs. And that's what I'd eat every single morning. Yeah. And I'd eat a cheese stick at 10 and eat uh, a bowl of chili for lunch every day without yeah. fail. Uh, from McAllister's and an unsweet tea, a cheese stick at three, and then I'd eat some kind of chicken or something at home. Yeah. And I was I lost thirty something pounds, yeah, and never felt tired, never had a problem. I actually, had more energy. I need to get back to doing that. It's just I've I've reached a point where telling myself no is the hardest shit 100%. in the world. But what you did is very similar to that. It's like you you very vastly changed. And now what I would do though is that because I don't feel like you need to do it too. I, I, I for the first two months or so, maybe even a month. I didn't eat anything outside of that diet. Yeah. And then after that, when I lost like the first 10 or 15 pounds, I started introducing a Saturday cheat day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't even be a full cheat day. It'd almost be like a cheat meal. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, um, just one meal for sure. Shocked that. And then I would do something else. On Fridays, I would go out to eat somewhere, but still eat something that was on my diet just because you tricks your mind into thinking, yeah. like, I'm getting more than I really am, but I just go and eat, like, tilapia yeah. or yeah. something. <laughs> Tilapia's fine. I, I mean, tilapia. salmon's better. I'm having salmon tonight. Yeah, yeah that's, salmon's better. But that's the way to go. Sa- yeah. But tilapia's cheap, Medium and it's still pretty salmon. good. You know what I mean? But Medium anyway. rare salmon? Absolutely. What? You didn't know you could yeah, eat that? No. I mean, if it's you like can, sushi. You know? if, I mean, if you can eat yeah. fish raw, then yeah. you can eat it cooked medium well, no, rare. I've just never, I've never been somewhere where somebody asked you if you wanted it cooked that way. Oh, like, I, you I, have to tell them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to tell them. They'll cook yes. it all the way through. But medium rare salmon is it's good. So good. It's very good. Uh, I love it when you put like a little cheese sauce on it or oh, something yeah. like that. Boy, like the little Parmesan cheese oh, sauce. Yeah. We got to stop talking about this. I'm already hungry. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to eat until like 4.30. But. Um, what you did even further than that, that was my little thing too, is I, on Friday nights, we'd start going to Ruby Tuesdays and I just get fish there. Yeah. And then they'll cook it medium rare for yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. And then Saturday we would eat something like I'd eat like Ironwood and eat a burger or something yeah. like that for just one of the meals. Um, and that was working well, but you went the extra mile of, you were already drinking sodas and everything at the time, but mm-hmm. you were drinking just copious amounts of booze across the board. Yeah, 100%. So how, do you, was all your weight loss, like, was it even quicker? Because, you know, there was a month I didn't see you. Yeah. Which is weird, but, you know. The last, so it's been 200 and, I don't know, 210 or 211 You days. don't know how many days you've been sober? I can tell you. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like 211, I think. Something like that. I've got an app on my phone. Pretty Look, man, you're, yeah, you're past your 180-day chip. Yeah, two, mo- two months and a lo- two, 211 days. But when I cut all that out, um, 
And then I started eating right. I mean, cutting out the booze and everything got me being more productive. Got me like, man, I don't eat like this anymore. You know, it got mm-hmm. me, you know. Major poops more solid, it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I do. That's, For something sure. you, that's something you don't ever realize. This is something. <laughs> so it, Casey, I don't know if I told you. I, I finally got somewhere in the scale of, of drunk. I drank once, and it's not for me, so I didn't yeah. do it again. We have video proof. Yeah. We do have really? video proof, yes. We did a stream, a live stream on Twitch with, with this show of it. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not going to say, it's not that it was bad. I mean, it yeah. was mildly fun, but I feel like I had just as much fun without it. Yeah, 100%. So anyway, I didn't know if Which I was you that. That yeah. was the hardest part for me was disassociating. Um, fun with dr- the booze? With, yeah, exactly. Like... um Oh, the game's on this weekend. Got to gotta crack a beer open, you know. Oh, man, it's Friday night. Got to crack a beer open. Or, you know, hey, we're going to hang out with friends. Got to crack a beer open. And that was the biggest thing for me was just disassociating it with everything yeah, in my man. life. You How know? does that affect friendships? Like, cause you know, it's kind of like a relationship. You have to, yeah. whoever you're with, like, it's more personal on a relationship level. But whoever you're with, if you have a girlfriend or, or a wife or whatever, they've kind of be, they got to kind of be on the same level as you because otherwise it's really hard to backslide. Uh, but friends is a thing too, man. It's kind of like friendship will either stay and they'll respect it and try and, and not do that around yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. Or even, even if they keep doing it, it's just kind of like a, when we're hanging out with you, it's like you get that point where you don't want your friends to not be wanting to hang out with you, but you're also like, but they still need to be able to do other things they want to do. Yeah, for sure. But that seems like something that could very easily affect, I mean, I'm sure it probably did affect a number of your friendships, but yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's on a lot of things, you know. I mean, I had the reversed impact of, you know, when I was younger and everybody in my friend's group was trying to do drugs and get high and drink and all that stuff. I was like, eh. And yeah. it ended up being those things where I hung out with them less and less and it got easier and easier to just not even talk to them. Yeah. And it kind of got to the point where I was like, all right, now Seth's my best friend out of just nature of, yeah. of how you hang out with people. That's kind of how it was. I just kind of cut, cut all that out um, for a short time and then. You know, it just kind of stayed that way, I guess. Did you do any kind of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or anything like that to no, help you? I didn't no, think so. Nothing at all. Yeah, that's I just, good. I woke up one day and I was like, got to stop. No, I'm good. Yeah, no, that's just, awesome, yeah, dude. I'm good. I mean, that's the thing is I feel like so many people, and I'm not, no belittling to them at all. I think so many people think they need a support system. Yeah. Because a lot of people do not believe in themselves as a support system. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I, I have that drinking. It's, I have that with just food. I, I can't even trust myself to be like, you shouldn't do that right now. For a while, I was yeah. solid for a year doing it. Bro, if, I, did, if I was that. a millionaire, I'd, I'd be 300 pounds, <laughs> guaranteed. Now, I think if you're a millionaire, you would actually be the opposite. You'd probably be in super shape because you could pay someone to cook you delicious, good food. Great food. food. And... I you would know, cook them training. or pay them to cook me triple cheeseburgers <laughs> yeah. while I play video games. Well, look, man, think about this. Well, you love sushi, right? Oh, yeah. So good. Think about being able to have sushi of various types. And even then, so then, like, so one day you're eating sushi, next day you're eating medium rare, you know, so <laughs> salmon. Uh, it's the frequency. It's not It's not the meals. It'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm a little hungry. Go ahead and give me some sushi now. That, now that I can just snap a finger to be here. Yeah, but here's the thing. When, when people talk about this, if I was a millionaire, I'd be one thing or the other. I actually know I'd be more in shape if I was a millionaire because instead of, like, Friday, me and Casey gets together uh, and, and, and do music stuff, right? That ends up being... From the moment he gets here to like 11 on yeah. average, we're doing that. So it's like four or five hours of just writing crap, right? Then you get to this point where it's like, if I was able to do that without having to work, yeah, I'm doing all of that at the time where, see, it's like right now, if I go to work, go get off a of Friday, right? 4.30, bam, he gets off 4.30 as well. Then we have to go handle some stuff just enough to get ready to where he can come over and then we do that. If we were able to do that during the day... I wouldn't, I'd normally go to the gym on Fridays, but I stopped going because we were doing music and I'm glad I did. I don't even care because I'm yeah. like, you know what? 
honestly, the music stuff's a little bit more fulfilling, but if I was able to do all that and this, not on weekends or after work, I'd have all this extra time to yep. still play music, play games, go to the gym daily without any problem. I have a, I have a hard time doing that now. It's like I, that. I have Bring to go three times a week. Swiss cake roll ice cream or something. <laughs> like, hey, I'll tell you what's really good. You can still eat that, though. Those chocolate uh, Christmas trees, man. Mm. Chocolate Christmas trees. Dude, the you little know, Debbie you know, chocolate Christmas trees. Oh, man. I, I, I think I've seen them around there like in a red and green white yes. box. I think I've seen them around, but Dude, I've never had them. I smashed the whole box yesterday. I'm not going to lie. I smashed the whole <laughs> See, box. And the thing is, they make vanilla ones, too, but they just taste like... They they taste like air uh, like zebra cakes. <laughs> where they're way too uh, sweet. I hate zebra cakes. No, oh dude, I, no, hate they, oh, I don't hate gosh. them, but they're way too. I'm sweet. a Swiss cake roll. Slash. It feels like eating diabetes in a in a in that's, a that's cake. A, that's all a little bit. But for some reason, the, the chocolate doesn't taste that sweet. It, it just tastes like rich and good. If they had the uh, so they're these chocolate chip cakes that are like those little squares of white chocolate uh, cakes with like chocolate chips on them. Oh if yeah! Those, oh, dude! If that was the chocolate on zebra cakes, it'd be good, but it's not. I love those little white ones with the chocolate on them. The, the, yes. the two, yeah. I don't even remember you're what they're about called. The ones that are like, I think they're in like a what a hexagon shape. Well, not no, those. No, these are the ones I that are just talking about. Those. Yeah. These are squares that come two in a package, and they have that like I think, white. Oh, stuff. I know what you're talking about. They're yeah, delicious. Yeah. I can't. I don't yeah, remember yeah. what they're called because I. Thankfully, I don't eat Little Debbie near as much as I used to. I don't buy it really at all. Hey, yeah, they have. Oh, I do. <laughs> they have those nutty buddy things in the uh, vending machine at work, and I just can't. I can't not not get one <sighs> just about every day i'm like ah, i gotta get one get my sugar up these things yes sir those are good yeah <laughs> yes. those are fire <laughs> cool those are so good <laughs> no uh, debbie's so good man. yeah man the food stuff is crazy like, so when you go to the gym in the morning right I go i go in the morning and i go at lunch okay now this is a little different for us I, i've been thinking to myself like the only way i can go to the gym is if i go every day before work the yep. only, the only right? thing I'll go with you but, if you want to go, dude. A quick interruption. The only thing I need for our gym at work is just my key card, right? That's it. Okay, let's go. I got to do something else. I'll meet you there. Four thirty. Salary. Tomorrow. You have to put a code in. I think I don't remember. No, just doop. done. It used to our key card wouldn't work. Yeah, if you were salary, you had to have a code that really? everybody. Yeah, but I don't know stop, if they changed. That. What's to stop you from just us using a key card to open the gate to get in and you just coming in there? With I don't us? know because you work there. I, I've so never not, even been to the gym. We're not inherently doing anything wrong. Bad. Yeah, I go to gym box. But I wouldn't mind going. I mean, I don't care. Isn't Gym Box on Kings Highway? No, was, it's on Richmond. Oh, but old used to be right. Uh, yeah, 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 it's the same building. Uh, everything same. Some yeah. some of the same equipment. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, going to the gym in the morning presents a challenge. Where if I still worked out in shipping, I probably wouldn't care because it's kind of like, well, you you get worked up a sweat, but you're going to go out in a job where you're sweating anyway. Yeah. For me, I'm in this thing yeah. of like, if I go in the morning, There's that a shower means in there. That I've got to go, and then I've got to dedicate to showering and doing all my stuff there, and it's just I don't know. It's it's a it's a comfort thing. It's a it's a personal yeah, comfort yeah. thing of like I don't know how I that's, feel about that's that. That's me in those bathrooms. <laughs> Urinals are a okay. The stalls no. Boy, we got to tell everybody about these bathrooms. No, they're amazing. I, I, Have I'm you not, seen the bathrooms down where I work? I'm not trying to get. That Have in you trouble. been in there? Uh, you no. should. Just go in there and be like, good, I'm sorry you have to deal with this every day. I don't know. Well, you don't have the porta potties, do you? No, we don't have those. See, no. you're doing better than the shop that's down, uh, <laughs> the middle shop. That's true. Oh, yeah, they do have the, those two at the end. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I saw See? somebody out there on the um, on the other side of one of the shops. They were rocking it. I'm assuming there was somebody in there. <laughs> like three or four Mexican worse. guys this, out there just this, shaking. This goes to the thing of where when you work anywhere that has some level of more family owned sense to it. And it's not really like a chain of something like, yep. like, you know, our place isn't, uh, it gets to this thing where you're looking and you're thinking for some reason, everybody ends up screwing around a little bit more than they would in a normal job. Yeah. Dude, the walkie talkies crack me up on like Fridays when people are on there making jokes. Yeah. I'm just like, 
See, like when, when I, I worked, already, it's, and I can say it now because it doesn't exist. But when I worked at La Coretta, you know, it's it's working in food service and food industry at a restaurant, but with no corporate backing whatsoever. Yeah. So when you work in that example, there's not policies that you'd expect. Yeah. You can kind of do whatever you want, and it's just up to whoever the manager is. But the manager is just appointed by two people who own it, and it's kind of like it's it's handled differently. When you don't have like a bunch of lawyers and crazy stuff that are tied to a franchise and franchise expectations of how you're supposed to keep your place looking like everybody else's and yep. acting like everybody else's, when you're a one-off place, dude, it's like it, again bring up the idea of the Wild West, but it truly is. Yeah, when we were working there, it was insanity, and I mean, I can say everything that happened here. Without fail, really, because it doesn't really matter at this point. But it's just like, it's it's almost like working in a place where you're just able to have the most fun, but it can be stressful as hell sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And organized you, chaos, man. Yeah, it's like organized you, chaos. I think he works down in your area, but you, you may not know him. Scott Earhart? Okay, he used to work with me at La Coretta. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and John. Yes, and John's down there, yeah, too. Yes, that's right. Okay. They work with me. They're like, yes. well, they're the night guys now. Yeah. But, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know they yeah, switched. Yeah, but, yeah. So again, that gets to the point. They were there with us, and it's it was the wildest place that's what I've he, ever that's worked. That's what they tell me. Yeah. It will never ever. I, I can't imagine a job that would ever meet the potential for something to go so bad or be so funny in one day. So what y'all do? Like leave tamales in the oven for too long? Like I don't understand. <laughs> like what kind of wild stuff y'all could be doing? Oh boy. Okay, have you ever seen the movie Waiting? Yeah, there it is. Unfortunately. Okay. Great movie. It's a fantastic. movie. I know, but the way you're going with this is, I'm already scared to eat there. Okay, so or, perfect example. Scared that I have. Uh, Trey, um, one day, uh, yelling, cussing, and the way that these buildings are made, right? So the building for this is like you come in the front, yeah. it kind of shotguns around the side with the, with the middle section, and then the kitchen is through a big opening that if you yell in it, it's very easy to, for every any kind of sound to reverb, and it just goes out and shotguns into the side parts. So you can hear any kind of drama that's happening there. That's the first thing. Um, Trey would often get mad, start punching the bathroom door and go in there and he'd be in there for like not even two minutes and suddenly he'd come out and be like, Whoa! Clearly just did line of coke, fat line of coke. No problems whatsoever. And then we'd go out there and like run outside and like get some quick energy out and then come back in and be like, I'm ready to go. That's one thing. That's not even on the crazy spectrum, right? Then we have just constant stories of things where, okay, the manager, Dan, I love Dan. He was like a, a second That's such a manager name, too. Isn't it? Dan. But he's also old. He's like an old white dude. He's bald. He's just, yeah, that's 100%. Yeah. He looked like if Mr. Clean had just stopped working out for two decades. <laughs> that's kind of You know what mean. I mean? No, but I love Dan. It was just, he, he didn't give a shit. It was so funny. So we would do... Uh, so I don't know if you've ever worked in a Mexican restaurant or seen a Mexican restaurant happening with a, or I should say a Tex-Mex restaurant. Uh, when you're doing it, whenever they go to make your sopapillas, there is a thing where most of the time what people do is there's a, there's a sopapilla dough that you make and then you cut it into the traditional square shape that most people use, throw it in there. The way the dough is designed, the top and the bottom separate from each other as it fills with air. Bam, you got a sopapilla. Yeah. Here's the great thing about working at a place that doesn't care how you do things. <laughs> and it's on two ends of the spectrum, right? One of the spectrum is we'd have a table with like little girls that were being cute and, and cool or even little, like, just little kids in general. But there was one with a little girl and like we'd go and cut out a heart shaped sopapilla because you control the shape. Throw it in there. It expands a, a, a heart. They love it. Yeah. Right. Uh, there was a bartender there, Clay, I can see our buddy. Where this is going, and, and I'm uh, already excited. Yes, uh, Clay was uh, Clay was a gay bartender. Oh. We'd always mess with each other, and we'd get to the point where if I'd start messing with him too much, he'd be like, "You just watch out, I'll make you gay." <laughs> and it was like our way of like, "All right, we got to back down." But one day, 
Of course, he's over there busy working, and Blaze is keeping watch out. I go and cut out a dick-shaped sopapilla with balls, right? Goes up and expands. I poke a small hole in the end of the sopapilla dick towards the head, and I spray it full of whipped cream. Then I make it the rest of it. I do honey on it and powder it with the cinnamon. I take it to him. In his quickness to not really look at what I'd done and just thought it was like, he was like, ha ha, joke's on you. I like sopapillas. He takes the dick shaped sopapilla, shoves it in his mouth, bites down, and because he had no care, the white whipped cream just busted all over oh, his face. So good. All right. And this was all with customers around. Oh. <laughs> that's one thing. Clearly, no fucks. Given. Right. Then we have the old classic, more of the waiting style things where, uh, uh, okay. Again, did you ever mess with somebody's food? Yes, oh. not me, actually. Oh. But I've seen someone do it, and I just kind of witnessed it. And like, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, so Trey, coming back to him. Oh no. Um, we had a table come in, and I don't know how you. Know, again, I, did you ever work at, at like a restaurant staff nope. at Either of you? The where? What? Oh, no, <laughs> you. What kind of question is that? <laughs> My bad. Sorry, I, I'm dumb. We're in the same genre at this point. <laughs> but listen, I say for him. <laughs> But you know how closing section goes down. So we had one section that was completely closed down. We were really close to closing, probably about 30 minutes that we were going to still let people come in. We closed down one part of it. Table comes in. Hostess is sitting another group. They come in and immediately go to the closed section, pull down tables. Where Nobody's even paying attention to this side. It's on the complete opposite side of the building. They set down tables and they wait. And then they go up there and complain that they've been sitting there for 15 minutes and no one's coming to do anything to them. They set themselves. They were like, we don't even have silverware or menus. Yeah, you sat, you sat yourselves. Yep. So we, we had that happen. Uh, so the manager trying to save faces says, okay, yeah, we'll get somebody on you. Put your tray on there. They're dicks the entire time. Uh, they're just being overly demanding. So it gets to the point where they ask for uh, – he, he already had given them some flour tortillas, and they said, these are too cold. This is one of those tables, right? Ugh. And he said, can I get new ones? So he went and baked new ones. I didn't know you could actually ask for fire tortillas at a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And they're free the there. Game. You didn't have to pay for them. You'd just be like, hey, I want some flour tortillas or corn. Changes it. Great times. Anyway, uh, goes over. It's a pain in the ass, mad. by the way. He makes new ones. Uh, and because he's mad, <laughs> because he's mad after he makes them, he takes them and rubs them on his taint. Oh. No. Yep. And then puts them in there. That's how you get E. coli. <laughs> I've heard of Koa more today than I have in the last time. decade. Yeah, long time. But it goes to show that working at a place like that is truly my favorite story, my final story. Um, and this is all in one Sunday. Sundays at restaurants are crazy because, yeah. of course, when you're in the Bible Belt, people come and eat there like religiously. Yeah. Um, anyway, whenever we were going, the way Lockerado was set up on Kitty Land, which is the side that was closed in the other story. Uh, was normally where the majority of business happened on Sunday mornings. There's an Indian statue. I don't know why, because it's a Tex-Mex <laughs> restaurant. But there was an Indian statue, Native American statue, if we want to be culturally uh, sensitive, you know. Um, and the way he's standing, there's like a gap between his legs. And sopapilla dough is real easy to just set up. So he took sopapilla dough and made a huge ball sack and just shoved it to the bottom of him like it was hanging down under his little skirt. And... It was there almost the whole day, right? And we're working and talking. At the beginning of that day, Dan comes in. He's talking about some crazy stuff because it's just how he was. He was saying that he knew a guy who used to take watermelons and carve them into vaginas. <laughs> okay. Who are yeah. these people? Right? So that's the first story. This is just the stories of Dan. That was the first story. And he was talking about, you know, they just made him big and fat lips. You know, it was, just, it was incredible. Um, 
followed by the story of how his son got chlamydia. Oh, my God. And From a watermelon? No. <laughs> which I, I understand why you would lead to think that. And it was almost immediately followed. Uh, and then wrapping the story up with, have you heard about Kim Kardashian? I heard she puts mayonnaise on her coochie pop. Really makes it sparkle. Oh, my God. <laughs> So that was all, that was all morning. Was this so place? we're over here laughing because we've already done this and he hasn't seen it yet. Nobody's seen it. We keep waiting for a table to see it and say something, right? We got lucky. Nobody ended up seeing it and saying anything. But then Dan walks out when we're going to close down that section to move over for the rest. And he comes back into the kitchen. We've all at this point forgotten about it because it, nobody yeah. ever said anything to it. He just walks in and says, all right, who made the Indian anatomically correct? <laughs> and the whole place just died laughing. <laughs> Because that's the kind of stuff you can do when no one gives a damn. That's very true. Yeah. See, think about it. Like where you worked was all chain. Yep. Way more prim and proper. Yep. If you do something like that, the the they have to get rid of you because the chances of you doing it and getting caught mean that you're a risk to the chain. Yeah. And what it means to go to that place for us, it was just our own reputation. It's only us. So, you know. Without saying the name of the place you worked at, because I still really like eating there, and that's places there's privacy. Did y'all ever fuck with someone's food? Never. Okay, good. Not once. Good. And see, and really, that's the expectation that you have at most chain restaurants, because it's a lot harder. To, I mean, even I would, if you get bad service and you have a bad place, which is clearly where y'all are at, y'all were good. I mean, you, yeah. you, you get to people quickly. You go through service normally. Most of the time, didn't mess up food. That's what you want. Well, and after but, working retail for 10 years, one thing I vow is to never be a dick to any service in like employee ever like mm. ever at all but um what i'm curious about is ooh, sorry i touched your knee there um <sighs> now you're talking <laughs> x-rated po- podcast now so Bring but on. the reason i asked that is because i'm not a dick i try not to be a dick like i go out of my way to be nice to my waiters and stuff my wait staff um but me and brett have this thing that we always talk about and i'm gonna run it by you you close at 10 I'm just saying, I'm throwing a number out yeah, there. I got you. At <laughs> the nine age o'clock, old debate. At nine mm-hmm. o'clock, if we walk in the doors, do you hate us? No, absolutely not. You got a whole hour, man. At nine thirty, do you hate us? No. Okay. See, my thing is, is that I do not like going to a sit down restaurant an hour, up to an hour before they close. If it's like eight thirty, that's fine. I'm out by the time nine o'clock hits. Yeah. But like my whole thought process is, is like, it takes forever to, or it takes a while to make the food and you have all the prep to clean and everything. There are tables to clean and then all that stuff. And that you guys are typically getting there late where Brett's reassured mm-hmm. me. You're all getting out late anyways. Yeah. hundred percent. I try to tell him, I like when a restaurant says they close, it's not when everyone leaves. Yeah. It's when they stop accepting new tables. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's just something in my I was head. Like, I they're already rack. expecting 30 minutes to an hour yeah. afterwards to do all the, well, there, is, required there is because- also a difference between coming in at nine 30 and then getting your stuff and then leaving at like 10, 15. Mm-hmm. If you're staying there till like 12, yeah. yes. 12, 30, yes. that's, that, that's and when people start. Yeah. You got a gauge to know how it is. Yeah. If you're going there with the intent of staying for two hours, yeah, yeah they, they're, that's it, a dick move. Cause you slow everything down and then you get to this point where everybody's, that, that move is dickish at best. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Dickish at best. Yeah. Dickish at best. Man, you get to that point where what we used to hate about that when people would do that is you'd kind of be like, everything's ready to go, but I technically can't dump the last tea. Yeah. I technically can't put the chips up and, and make sure that that's empty so we can have it ready for tomorrow morning. Yep. So they're doing this thing where, if it was almost like you could just get ready to go and the moment they leave, you could leave, that yeah. be that wouldn't be as bad. It would yeah. still be a dickish move. But you get to that point where you just kind of just sitting there and think it's like, damn it. You're just sitting here and after you leave, I've still got 30 minutes of shit I've got to do minimum. Yep. Just because you came in and decided to stay for way longer. I don't, I never used to care. We closed at 10, you come in at 9.45 and you, and you kind of get your food and get out because you're one of the only tables anyway. Yeah. Food's quicker. Oh well. 
It's See, not really a big deal. And it's that exact kind of philosophy for fast food too, or is it different? I, I've never worked at a fast food place, so I genuinely don't know. It's been over twenty years since, well, almost twenty years I worked at fast food, so I couldn't tell you. Where'd you work? Uh, Dairy Queen. Oh man, that was my first paycheck job. Dairy Queen's great food, slow as shit, dude. Man, I love Dairy Queen, but if there's two cars in that line, forget about it. Oh, you're going to be there the whole hour. So, yeah. <laughs> so I recently found out that the Dairy Queen where I live, um, you know, they take call-in orders. Mm-hmm. Not this one anymore. They said we don't take call-in orders. But we're just fast food now. But you're not fast. Yeah. I should be able to call it in, expect it within an hour. But they don't take call-ins anymore, which is kind of really, really inconvenient. It's not the dairy, it's not one of the dairy queens on Texas side, is it? It is. White Village? No. Okay. I've heard real bad things about that. I can one. only imagine. Like really bad things. Um, one of our mutual, like, I, I say childhood buddies, I guess, uh, without saying names, but he had friends that lived over there where they live and like they worked there and their parents, like their mom was like one of the managers there. The amount of like dead insects and shit that's in the kitchen and the and the pesticide smell oh, they dude. could not get out. And I think everybody exists in a, and chains have it slightly better because there's some there's there's almost like a more set up thing where it's it's in part of the budget before they go through and try yeah. and figure this out. Um, I I've told many of people I'm like you just have to chill out about to an extent. There's a level at which if you hear that there was one rat in one restaurant, it's not uncommon. No, yeah, it's, it's it, incredibly it's, it's, see common. no evil. I don't want to see or smell pesticide or dead yeah. bugs. Yeah, but in. the thing is, is that I know they're someone there. sees it eventually. You know, yeah. going back to La Coretta, man, we had what we called Ninja Rat, and nobody could do anything about it. This thing was like, I swear, it was a rat that had survived chemical warfare. <laughs> <laughs> it, it like dude, like white phosphorus came and hit it, and it just sucked it up like a line of coke, like, <laughs> and then just went and blasted out. And it was insane. First of all, it was buff. I've never seen a buff rat. <laughs> All right, and then we go through, and you'd see it sometimes. It would. It seemed to like being in the bar more than anything. And we tried and tried and tried. It was like, oh my god, how can we not get this thing? We called professionals, could not get the thing. But uh, the way it was, <laughs> what it would do, the bar had this like really high rise thing beside the booth. It would run on this intersection that was between the middle section and that. It would run between it. It would jump in incredibly high. I mean, like, let's see, the top of that thing was probably about here because it's bar height. Um, and it would jump from that to a cord because these are the really high open top buildings. They don't have any kind of finished top. You need to see all the duct work. Yeah. All right. It would jump to this cord that was from a really high mounted Corona sign, one of the Corona, uh, neon signs. It would jump to this cord that was hanging down going to the thing that was easily four to five feet above where this thing was jumping from. And it would grab the bottom of it and then it would just shimmy up it like Ninja Warrior. That's pretty incredible. And then it, this is the crazy part, right? That's already incredible. And me and Blaze died one day. And it was actually uh, me, Blaze, and I think, I don't think Scott was there. I think it was Joe, but that's Scott's best friend. The rat took itself when it got to that top of the court because there's nowhere for it to go that you think. Yeah. And it swung itself left and right, left and right and picking up until it was able to fling itself, let go and flip over and land on top of the sign and then run off. And it was the most amazing thing I have ever seen. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Incredible. Well, rats are smart, man. Yeah. See, I'm telling you, rats are crazy. Now here's the, here's the terrible story that we'll end off on, on La Coretta, Cause I think it's, Oh, Rachel, who worked at La Coretta was making sopapillas one day and she was preparing the dough. You've got to press, you got to run it through this little press machine that goes through. Um, a rat fell. Oh no. Into the press machine. Oh no. And it was fine. It wasn't running. Yet. She pushed it. She saw it happen, got scared and decided to press the button. Oh no. And press, flatten this rat. You just saw blood pour. That machine's ruined. Like you, you can't use that anymore. We had to replace it. 
Yeah, I'm like, you can't, you can't clean that. No, you cannot clean that. I'm like, and you just see a rat carcass that's just like, it, it looked like, you know, when you get like, you watch TV shows where they, they have flatten. the car crusher come down and crush the car. It was like that for a rat carcass. It was, and I felt bad for the rat. Cause I was like, that poor fucking thing was just like, it was like the Star Wars. It wasn't Ninja Rat, was it? Comeback. No, it wasn't oh, it was Ninja different. Rat. Okay. If that would have been the ending for Ninja Rat, that yeah. would have been a saga. That would have been <laughs> that would have been a saga. I would have had to write a story about this. You know what I mean? I like it. It was incredible though. And that goes again. Weird shit that happens. And then she cries that she. I was like, "You're the one who fucking crushed him." She's like, she sees it come out. She's like, ah. <laughs> "Mike, what? How do you think the rat feel felt? <laughs> yeah, felt." Incredible, man. The thing about I almost think that everybody should work in food food stuff once just to see how weird it is. It's a crazy business. Yeah, retail service industry. I think everybody should work retail and food at least once. Like basic jobs should all be. I think everybody should do a job that's hard labor, like one general hard labor. Uh, like kind of what two years of your life gone? You get half a year for hard labor, half a year for paint or something like that, half a year for retail, half a year for restaurants. Sure. Two lies. Yeah, and that's what you got to do before you go to college. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Don't make me president, boy. That's just going to effect. (laughs) I think it would make a lot more people understand what it. I think there's times where I have younger people, and like I'm not even that old, but I have some younger friends who I I hear talking. I'm like, y'all have such crazy expectations of a world that y'all clearly do not understand. Yes, and it's like. People who think like the certain times where people talk about the value of money, and I'm not one to say like, I have no fucking clue what the value of money should be. Yeah. But I don't think that you. And, and part of why that is is because even though I've worked a decent variety of jobs, uh, it still gets to that point of like you don't understand enough of what what someone else does to think that to some extent. And I don't even mean from the minimum wage standpoint, but the people who are just like, man, I got this job. At McDonald's doing this. And like, part of the reason I say that is I should give context to our area. Our area, if we went to a $15 an hour minimum wage, dude. Yeah. You're balling. You would be a baller. Balling. If you make $15 an hour here, you can live very comfortably on your own with but a family. At the same time uh, saying that. Not with a family. Uh, with, with, oh, yeah, realistically, yes. On I your know own plenty with of family? people. I, I know plenty of people. S- saying that, saying that $15 an hour. Ball in here, it would just make everything else go up. Yes, you're, yes, no, you're, that, that would be the thing. But what I mean is, if it, if you didn't do it from a federal wage standpoint, yeah, if you, if it just somehow happened that because our area was doing well, and then fifteen dollars an hour just happened at a place, yeah, you, if you make fifteen dollars an hour here, part of the argument there everywhere else is that people need to make fifteen dollars an hour here to, to have a living wage. The crazy thing is, is that here. Definitely on Arkansas side where the minimum wage went up to eight fifty, mm-hmm. you you can you are at a living wage yep. here. Now I do not understand anywhere else. I know that that's not true of Dallas. I know that's not Absolutely true of not, yeah. highly populated places, I should say. But specific to our area, and that's part of the reason why I don't necessarily think the federal minimum wage should raise, because I don't think it accounts for the rural places yeah. or these are the at least the smaller areas that don't really need that. And yeah. all you're doing is causing an inflation that's going to probably hurt the area more than anything. One hundred percent. But when you go outside of that, it gets to the point where it's like I see people who in this environment who work at a place where they're making enough money to live on their own if they were just responsible with their money uh, and, and do okay. I know people make $12 an hour who complain about, like, I should be making like $18 an hour. I'm like, dude, you're romanticizing that for this area. There are people that do much harder jobs. It always goes back to like Joe and talking to Joe like where he lives in Dallas and for my $800 apartment here – 
two bedroom, two bathroom, which is nice. Is yeah, and his apartment in Dallas, which is like thirteen hundred dollars for one and a half bedrooms. Uh-huh. It's just kind of those things. It's like, whoo, it's ridiculous. It's almost like double the price for the for a smaller apartment. Yeah, just because of the economy of the area, and it's not even in like it's not like downtown Dallas either. It's it's in it's in technically Richmond, which if, is a, a, a if a, you a, live in the DFW area, you be, you best be prepared to pay. And that's the difference for where we're at. Like, you know, that's why I bring this topic up without the framing of a livable wage because we're past that. If you make minimum wage here, you're at a livable wage realistically. Yeah. Um, and, and in terms of the state minimum wage, so when you look at it that way. And you kind of go through it there. Definitely on Texas side, it makes up for the since you don't have if you live on Texas side uh, and you don't ha- and you can make seven twenty five an hour instead, which is their still minimum wage. The difference is is that you don't pay any state tax, so you're really the blow is softened to where you're pretty much equal here, no matter what side of town you live on and mm-hmm. where you're working. Um, <clears throat> but, well, to be fair, and if you, I think if you live in Texas and work in Arkansas, you don't have to pay state tax. Yeah, like you don't. State tax if you, if you live it might in, be the other way around. It's, it's both. It's, it's, is it, is it, it is, also if you, it's, it's both. both. If you live if in you Arkansas, live in work in Texas. city limits of Texarkana because yeah. we're a dual city, you get what's called a, a tax credit. Yeah, that's you, right. Or a, 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 a tax. Um, you can do border city exemption. Border city exemption. Yeah. That's yeah. Called, yes. that's so if you live in Arkansas, work in Texas, you don't get state tax. Yeah. You do. You do, but you could opt out of it by filing a, you could get a form and send it off to. Well, technically you don't get, you don't get, but if you don't send the form in yeah. then they come back and say this is what you do owe us yeah they don't automatically garnish it from your wages yes they do no they don't yes they do i've, d- I've done it they don't i've literally worked you're, you're the only person that i've CBS ever heard say that where it will say ar federal tax on my paycheck until i would send off a, a letter saying hey I, this is because yeah. what it is they need proof of residence that you live within this border city exemption yeah I, i've never had to do that anywhere i worked at la Coretta, the most place in the world i know so was cvs that you just worked at no i'm talking about texas side okay. i'm talking about living in arkansas and going to texas so yeah. i to pay arkansas tax i do that now and i did not have to do anything see i haven't had to do anything either actually uh <laughs> i don't care i do we're taking that out whatever okay fine i didn't sign the papers <laughs> my point being this whole half needs to be cut out i don't even care look all i'm telling you is that it doesn't matter to anybody else because places that don't people that don't live in a twin city that that is not only a twin city but a border city that's a twin city which is very rare it's not a common thing yeah. that happens i've never worked somewhere where i've had to prove it and i've never had company, i've I, never once paid income taxes yep people at cvs will literally debate on if they if they want to get it taken off so they actually don't have to worry about anything on federal tax income mm-hmm. at all, or they can uh, they can keep it on and then they'll get a small little cash check or whatever when uh, when you actually do file Arkansas taxes. Where normally you wouldn't have to. Yeah, I mean it's just if you try if you choose not to file the exemption, I guess that's it. But yeah, you it's all- part of a weird thing about living in a place where where we're at literally right now is two hundred feet from Texas. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, and that's and where I work is in Texas more. Yeah, so it's just one of those weird things. Where you're kind of balancing this weird thing of money handling around here. But yeah, either way, it comes down to if you live on Arkansas side here and you make Arkansas, even on Arkansas, if you work in Arkansas and live in Arkansas, you still don't have to pay state taxes. It's just the way it goes. So around here, as long as you file the border city exemption. So when you do that, you're making plenty of money trying to raise that entire thing up on the federal level, which would force our state to bring those up would destroy our local economy in a way that makes no sense to me. But where I was going with it still, it's a lot of people think that they should be making more money for work. That's not as hard as other people making money. Mm-hmm. And that's what once you for, you know, that argument gets brought up a lot over minimum wage and people go, 
Uh, I, do you think that you should make $15 an hour as a burger flipper whenever I make $15 an hour as a medic? Yep. All right. That gets brought up a lot. And I think in certain cities that makes sense where if you don't make that much money, you can't even live on your own without yeah. like 10 roommates or some crap. Mm-hmm. That's reasonable. But in our area where the, the talk about living wage specifically here is null because we all make enough to live in our area. Then it comes to the point of why do you feel like you making eleven dollars an hour or whatever as a retail employee should make as much money as the guy who works eighty hours a week EMS. and blood, yeah. sweat, yeah. and tears, or anything? Not even that. I mean, somebody who works at a place who does manufacturing of welding and has to sit in a hot tank and weld up, and they make thirteen dollars an hour. You think you should make more than them? Well, technically, places like that, like in that least example, overtime is a big thing too. Yeah, no, that, that's a, and then bonuses and a bunch of other things come into yeah. the question as well. I mean, but that's that's all the discussion that comes around of doing things on a federal level is always really weird when it's forcing someone to do monetary stuff because economies are not worldwide or even statewide. They are really, I'd, I'd go as far as to say that at the lowest level, if you want to say they're wide, it's probably like countywide. Yeah. Within reason, because counties normally there's one bigger city in a town in a county, which is what we are mm-hmm. uh, for both Miller and Bowie, and then there's people who benefit from our economy who are in the smaller things, smaller towns and cities that just happen to be in our county, and that happens across the board. So if you make a move like that that quickly and that bigly, it's crazy. But other thing is just why do people? We were going back to having a job of each type. I feel like if people went through and worked each type of job, at least for a small period of time, they would have understanding of what the value of what they're doing is to the value of what someone else is doing a little bit better. Or even just the value of treating people in public in the correct way. Yeah. So. <laughs> but to be fair, some people just really, really are not meant for the yeah, retail not. or service industry. They're not. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing is I think the by putting someone in a situation where they learn that it's not yeah. the thing for them, they don't get the idea of I'm going to work towards doing this. I think some people make life decisions without any context of knowing whether it's a good move for them yeah. because they don't understand what it's like to be in that industry. Yeah. So working in all of the basic styles of industry would really help you be like, that my strong suits do not rest in that. Yeah, and then you go to but another I one. That yeah, doing that. You yeah, know, and if you got to do it without having to worry about like if it was almost like hey, you go to a place and you're going to work here for six months and you're going to be done and you're going to you get and then you work here for six months you're going to be done you go here as just kind of a test the waters thing across the board. It wouldn't be met. A lot of people never change jobs out of fear that they won't get another job. Yeah, but yeah. if you get to if you get to go in and experience that situation and then find something that you really like by by something that you have to go through, it would be nice. And it would make sense in a way that's like, okay, now I understand where my strengths and weaknesses lie in terms of the marketplace, and I can choose a job or even stay. It'd be if they have a setup to where at the end of it all you can go back to a place or something, or if, or if the last yeah. one you're at you like and just stay there. I don't know. That one gets kind of weird, but it would still give people the ability to not look for jobs and do this thing of I'm only doing this until I can find out what I really want to do because people who say that almost inevitably stay where they're at Mm -hmm. without fail because they don't they're fear of the unknown. I make enough right now to at least, and even if I'm not happy, I can at least survive. But if I take too much of a risk, I risk not even having money to survive. That's, that's why I never quit CVS is like, if I quit, if I just walked out, I had enough money savings to be able to live comfortably for a while. Mm -hmm. I also had Annie who could technically support us if we cut our lifestyle down a lot, uh, while I found another job. It's like, what if I didn't find another job? Like, like how long, you know, six months, like if it took that long, is that like, is that more of going like move in with or move into a different apartment or something? Cause we couldn't afford it. Like yeah. where we have to cut, we have to sell a car and give her mine. Cause we can't afford a car payment, you know? 
It's like, what do we go do? Then you're forced to settle also. Yeah. Then you're forced to settle. And that's never a good thing. No. It's a scary thing, man. It is a scary I thing. I think about that. Like, you know, I've gotten lucky and moved around a lot in our company. But, I mean, when you get to that point where you're kind of going and bounce between, I constantly think the way I try and balance it myself is that all the things I want to do are not things that are in industry around here anyway. Yeah. So instead, what I try and do to the best of my ability is do the things that I would like to do with my life, like this, this doing this podcast and writing music and recording it mm-hmm. and trying to put something out. That's all just me dipping my toes into other things I would like to do in my free time. It happens to be fun. I enjoy doing it, but it is work that I didn't, that I, I don't have to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of strike this balance between having a life that feels more fulfilling because even if you're at a job that's not necessarily what you want to do for the rest of your life, you know that, okay, right now that's supporting my ability to do these other things while I try and see if I can get these going and off the ground. And it's at least not the – there was a video I watched on YouTube of a guy who considered himself um, a a film – a director or whatever. And he said that, you know – for like 10 years after he got out of school, he kept doing this game of saying, uh, when people would ask him what he was, he'd never say what he actually did for a living that paid him. It was what he actually thought he was always going to be and what he went to school for. So he's like, oh, I, I, I direct films. I'm a film director. And people were like, oh, well, what's some of your work? He's like, oh, you know, I, I haven't had any since I've been, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get settled in before I get back to it. And he's like, I did that for a decade. He's like, I didn't have anything. He goes, at some point, you stop being the same, the thing you say you are because you're not actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And instead, you really are just a... Unemployed. Yeah, or, or you really are just a dishwasher at a, a restaurant or you really oh, are yeah. just a paper salesman or whatever mm-hmm. it's like it, even if that's not what you wanted to do but eventually if you don't create then you're no longer a creator it doesn't matter also, if that's I, what you're doing yeah. i hate the, the the phrase between jobs like if, yeah. if i hear i've been i'm between jobs i'm i'm gonna automatically say oh you haven't had a job in like a year <laughs> like <laughs> between nobody jobs. tells like nobody that i know personally would say oh i'm between jobs the it's only like, oh, i got time, fired I'm, I'm looking for a new job the only time that that is uh is applicable in a real sense is when someone leaves a job for a new job, but they're in that little two week period, maybe where the starting date for here and the end date here. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm between jobs, but I start my new job this day. Yeah. And then it's a, it's applicable, but it's a weird sentence. Yeah, it is because it does sound like you're just trying to find a cushy way of saying, I don't work. Yep, <laughs> I don't have a job. Well, technically, I was homeless for one week. <laughs> you were, yeah, like literally the lease of well, my. You were, okay, you weren't homeless. You you lived in my house for a week. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's the same <laughs> thing, right? It's like <laughs> technically, like my lease went up for my, my first apartment, and then I didn't have my lease for my second apartment starting t- for one week. Yeah. Like they could not start any earlier because they were replacing the carpet and painting and stuff. So like I literally had no place to to, to live for one week, but Brett That's took the me worst. In. Brett, Brett took, took me him in, in like yeah. a good friend should. I slept on this, no, the room next to it on a on a mattress. Kyrie's yeah. room, yeah, yeah, on the floor. <laughs> See, but woke up played League of Legends. <laughs> are you homeless though? That that comes down to the question. Yeah, I in have no residential address. I guess that's that would true. Be technically homeless. We find a lot of ways to spruce up words, they don't do. we? Yeah. yeah. Gotta put that little sugar on top. See, now I can't write my homeless handbook I was always talking about. I, I experienced it for a week. <laughs> How I survived the hard, being homeless the hardships. for one week. <laughs> I still oh. had a warm bed and a, and a nice, nice meal every night. Oh, damn, I was homeless. Dude, being homeless is like, like really being homeless is a really scary and real thought that I think people don't take enough credence to. Oh, yeah, dude. When I see people who are homeless, I don't immediately go look at that bum or somebody like that. The stuff, like, I think everybody's one bad decision away from potentially being homeless. 100%. Yep. And definitely a lot of, because you think about it this time. Like, like <laughs> leave it in the edits. <laughs> like, not editing out what you yeah. said earlier. But, uh, 
All three of us. Yeah. But uh, I didn't the, say it. You didn't say a yeah. damn thing. Yeah, yeah. I did not. You're hereby uh, guilty by association. Guilty but, by association. But listen, um, I a lot of people in this day and age, people are surprised that I have savings. Yeah, like I, I, there's so many people like you have like thousands of dollars just it's, saved. It's crazy like, nowadays. Yeah, people yeah. Don't, they don't, I, they don't do I, it. I started uh, Ozark yesterday, and one of the opening lines of that was like, "Less than fifty percent of Americans have a savings account." I'm like, "What am I doing so good?" Ozark I is a very good show. It is. I'm about to finish season one. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, I just started, started season two. Uh, it's very good. But um, I'm still watching The Office again. <laughs> yeah, I'm about done with it. Man. Yeah, I'm about done with it again. That's what I was watching when you came over yep. Friday. There's uh, also a lot of tropes from Breaking Bad in those. Oh, oh I mean, which okay. is real crazy. How? But how do you not do that in a show that's about drugs? No, no. But it's just there's like the cheating wife. That's I, that's one thing I won't say without spoilers. Yeah, but that's also cartel. That's all, yeah, uh, wandering again. All things that come into dramatic events. And it's almost always that it's the man who's doing it, and the wife either doesn't know or knows but isn't comfortable with it. kind of flipped the script on this one, because you felt more bad for Jason Bateman than you did his wife. Well, you felt more bad for Skylar than, than Walt. Well, actually, everybody hated Skylar. Everybody <laughs> there, hated Skylar. There was, a, there was yeah. an internet campaign hating her. I, I don't was, know if you've watched Breaking Bad. But uh, one of the best shows ever. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that was a big deal. I felt bad for that actress. I'm like, she's actually a killer actress. Yeah. If anything, did it make her feel better that her chops were so good that people hated her because of her character? Well, it's uh... But it was also weird that her character wasn't meant to be hated across the board. The only episode where I was really like... What? Her her character was, like, me and Annie got in that conversation, like, last week, where... Well, she's meant to be... There's only one episode where I think they well, really go out of their side way. with either character. Mm, I, don't, I don't think I agree with that, because I think part of what makes the show so interesting, and any, even Ozark, is that you side with a character, and it's interesting because you start siding with a character, and then they have these characters do things that are out of the, what you'd expect them to do in order to challenge you to see if you still side with them despite the fact that they're acting out of character. Or to see if you flip the script and go, wait a minute, this whole time I've been rooting for this guy, but I see that he's capable of being a monster yeah. and she's the victim. Well, no, that's the thing is like you're supposed to root for them and sympathize for what they're doing, but you're not supposed to side with them. Vince Gilligan, he said that. Okay, well, that, maybe that's a fair. I'm using siding as meaning that. Yeah, but that's a, that's a fair. Point. Well, he said he said by the end of it, you're supposed to sympathize with the, how they how they became the way they were and where they were at by the end. Mm -hmm. But you are not supposed to pick a side. If you picked a side, he said you did it wrong. Fair. Because I guess it makes sense. Like, you have lung cancer, you're dying, and you're going to be out of desperation, you go sell drugs, and your wife cheats on you out yes. of spite. Yes. It's just like one of those things, like, both people are monsters, just in different ways. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, making a TV show would be a, uh, writing a TV show, I should say. It, that, it, dude, I think about that be a challenge. That's you know? so hard to keep continuity. I think movies are a lot easier because they allow you the ability to say, well, I, I'm trying to do this within this time. You have period. a beginning and an end. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. I, but I think the reason that TV, that long form TV is so much better is because of that ability to flex out and go a lot harder and a lot. And because of the potential problems that could come up from continuity and trying to make sure that you do things that all feel in character over, Let's say a season of Breaking Bad is 10 hours. If it's 10 episodes, hour-long episodes, roughly 10 hours. 10 hours of trying to make sure that one story arc continues to feel accurate to everybody involved in a 10-hour span is a lot harder. And to carry yeah. that on through the next season, too, because they're going to have to reference it back and make sure everything yeah. stays. Yeah. And it's funny that we're talking about Perfect. in drama, but you know, there's shows that are comedies that do that very well. Uh, I think that Arrested Development is a show that almost thrives on the fact that it can call back on itself in a yeah. number of different ways. I guess it's just what kind of writer are you? Are you a writer that wants to self-reference and look back at things that you've already wrote about and try and reference them in what you're doing? Or do you always want to be moving forward? And I feel like any good story should have at least a little bit of 
looking back at the past events, but is, are you referencing it for to be more in depth or just referencing it to try and show that, Hey, this is how this character became this way. Or are you doing a mix? I think a lot of shows do the mix where you're going back. It's like, it's not a necessary scene, but it helps build a character to what you expect him to be. And that extra five minutes may make you feel a completely different way about the character three episodes from now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a really hard thing to, figure out you know what else is weird about those shows and all shows and which it makes sense in a way but if you're not involved with it until you see it you don't think about it as much uh the office any of these shows will have different directors for different episodes yeah, and producers and that's weird writers too every now and then like i like i like the shows be as good if one person was constantly on them or is it is it the unique flavor of each person i think, I think that's like, it yeah. yeah i think so too but extra spice i think a lot of people me included when you don't think about that like before i started paying attention to that on shows I have this idea of like, well, one person being in control of it makes you think that you'd have a slightly an easier time having something that is cohesive. But it almost seems like some of the best shows are cohesive despite it and have somebody else directing and choosing the, the way the story goes per episode. And that's even true of comedies like The Office. You know, you'll see certain episodes and they all feel like they fit with each other. Mm hmm. And I guess that goes to show you how well the characters are developed. Because yeah. even though stuff happens in a lot of different way, for some reason you believe it all. Yeah. And like in shows like The Office, when you see characters become caricatures, but for some reason it never bothers you. Like Kevin is not an idiot in the first couple of seasons; he's just shy and he's not. A, he he doesn't have a lisp in the first like three or four episodes. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, the whole first season and even the second season, he's very moderate. And this happened. The same thing happened in uh, Parks and Rec with Donna, who is a yeah, who's a very calm, normal, has her hair pulled back, mm-hmm. not any kind of rowdy at all. And then what happens is they do it once. And then they get a good feedback on it. And yeah. then, they, then they just start slowly Treat being yourself. like, what am I going to do this? Okay, I'm going to put this little thing in here because people like that. And then it gets to the point where if you run enough seasons, you get a character like Kevin who was not an idiot in the first season and, and even the second season. And then by the time the ninth season rolls around, he's stepping on a turtle and putting right. it back together. You know there's a famous. And, see, <laughs> I love that. I yeah, think that's yeah. awesome. But it's funny because it's like you see it happen, but for some reason, even though you know that that's not what he once was, it's it's happened slow enough that it's for some reason believable to yeah. you. It's like, oh, okay, there, yeah, that's that's just who he is. Yep. There's a famous conspiracy theory with Kevin where uh, that he is actually not an idiot. Where he actually was laundering money though the company to pay back gambling debts, <laughs> and he was actually that's what the little Kevin symbol meant was the Clevin. Yeah, the Clevin. The yeah. Clevin. That's the accounts that he has marked that he knows that he can't go back to and launder out of, and uh, that's like why it. he bought the like bar that. at the end. He's smart enough to buy a bar when he got fired. How, how do you buy a bar when you get fired? Where does See, that money come now, from? You know what I love about these theories is that you know realistically in the realm of the show, there's a lot of things that happen that are just because of weird writing shakeups and actor shakeups that you kind of have to do. Because uh, like we're you know we're rewatching it right now. It's like you look at how Andy is handled in season eight, and then in season nine, like, season eight is all about building him up to be somebody who's likable in the position. Yeah. And, not try to necessarily be a full replacement for Michael, but he does start doing some things again in, a, in an effort to try and pull him towards. Like he starts, he's smart in the first seasons, but then in season eight, he starts kind of being dumb in certain word areas and he'll mm-hmm. say a word that's the wrong word like Michael used to do. But then season nine rolls around. And even though season eight is like all about you trying to get to liking him and like you kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm rooting for him to go down and get Aaron and all this stuff. And then season nine rolls around and he's just a dick. Yep. And he's terrible and you hate him. And it's like, why? In one season, why did this jump so far? But a lot of those things, like even the bar thing, is this that they decided like, well, now that Dwight's here, it makes sense that he'd go, but we got to do something with Kevin. He can't just be nothing. So now if we're going to keep him in this episode for more than one scene, like when Ryan moved off and they showed him just with a bag of clothes, 
that was that was enough because he wasn't going to be anywhere else in the episode. Yeah. Right. Then they go through and now they show Kevin. It's like, well, Kevin's going to be in this episode more than once. So we've got to give him something that's competent that he's doing that seems fitting for Kevin, but also seems like the the character just has luck that just happens upon him because we need that to be there. But then it creates all these ridiculous theories that people come up with. Like, did you see this and this and this and it all ties together? And Kevin is actually a godfather of the mafia. <laughs> Bam. You know what I mean? People are crazy. There's some cool Breaking Bad theories too. Oh man. Oh man. I had to look at those. Cause that's like, you get into a point of that show is so tightly knit and wound over there. It's, it's hard to imagine where some of these series would come in. Well, my favorite one was like the that. office is vague. You can kind of fit them in. I like the Toby. Toby is the Scranton strength. That's a good, one. I love that one. one when I saw I it, could see that 100%. And, Cause then, you know, in the show, when he flips over on being like, I put an innocent man behind bars. Why would he go through that? Unless he's trying to throw the scent from him. Yeah. Or like if he it. framed somebody else and just felt remorse. Yeah. Like but there's a, th- there's a theory that Walt uh, only had cancer until like his first two or three uh, chemotherapy treatments. And every other time that he brings it up, is this him trying to use it to his benefit? Well, no, it's that he was that he was fully cured then. And it wasn't in, in like season four. Because they, they, people are mentioning like, hey, if you're going through chemo this time, you're going to lose your eyebrows and stuff like that. And you're going to become more pale and have jaundice. He never had that. So they're like, how for a show are they this accurate on everything else missed that oversight, which is a very common oversight. So they think that he was literally just using that as again as a thing to like trick people and be like, yeah, I have cancer. This is why I'm doing it. Wealth of knowledge on things yeah. that Breaking Bad does and doesn't do for some reason. Um, apparently, they had the actual DEA come in and give them tips on how to make. They didn't them. give them tips. They showed them how to make meth. <laughs> but what it was is that they showed them where to cut. So that people would not watch the show and learn how to make math yes. really. Like, yeah. well, because the show was too accurate. So they're like, all right, pull back here, be vague here, and don't give too much here. Yeah. And- Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul were legitimately shown how to make math. That's freaking crazy. Yep. Step by step. They could make math if they wanted to. I don't know about that, but I know that there no, was they- at least for sure that the DA came in and were like, hey, these are a lot of the steps. So, I mean, I guess it's not far to say that they would know well, how that's to do probably, it. That point. probably has to go as to why they're so accurate. They have to cut because they could legitimately show you. Somebody could piece together how to really make math. I think about that with shows all the time, right? People watch a show. Like, what is it in people that one moment will be enough for them to kind of become like, I'm going to copycat that? It has to be CSI, dude. I think if you watch CSI enough, you know, at least back to that time frame, you know exactly how to murder someone, hide the body. And get away with it. But but do you? Because the show would make you think it would focus too much on one thing. And you'd be like, so all I got to do is not leave handprints behind and not come behind the refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, there's so much semen involved in those shows. Everywhere, semen everywhere. But like, you know, hey, look, oh, they caught him because he, for some reason, after he raped that girl, he just chose to jizz behind the microwave. Okay, good. I got it. I know what to do. And that one guy, that one guy that's like looking behind the microwave, he's like, Cap, you got to come look at this. Yep. (laughs) And then Cap comes over and he says something real witty and those one liner freaking Mm -hmm. cop Mm -hmm. show things. See, and that's all I'm saying. Like, I, here's the thing. I think everybody goes through their mind of, if you watch this show enough, could you mimic? And then the people who are really stupid, and I hate to say it, but the people really stupid watch it and then go, I can use this to feel, and then they get caught. I wonder how, I almost wish that that was like a series of, of like cops where it's all people who are doing copycats of shows, but not getting away with it at all. And you just, I'd, I'd watch it. You know what's even better? You pull in Ice T. Right? Because Ice-T is in CSI, and we bring no, him through. He's in, like, in NCIS or something. I don't think he's in CSI. No, he's in CSI, bud. Is he? Yeah, in the Special Victims Unit. Yeah, Special Victims. No, dude, SVU's that's SVU. The, 
Yes. That's, that's not CSI, though. That's Law and Order. Law and Order. Law Sorry, and that's what I meant to say. Yeah. You're right. Like, CSI's other one. Yeah. But yeah, Law and Order is the other one. They're all fucking Dick Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Every one of those shows, yeah, it's produced, uh, executive producer, Dick, Dick Wolf. Wolf. The, the <laughs> like, what a sick ass I saw somebody too. with a sweater with that on there at, at the mall like two or three years ago. I really want that sweater. See, but that, that's what it comes down to is that I feel like I would totally do a show where you just bring people from the other shows on and let them sit there and like – be like, oh yeah, see, and it'd be more funny if you reference what episode they try pulling it from. Ah, oh, yeah, this is a classic case of episode season three, episode <laughs> yeah. thirty. I'd watch that show. I would. Too. I would one hundred percent watch. And then have have a uh, iced tea with doing his little thing of like, oh, so this man thought he could get off on, <laughs> you know, whatever. This guy thought he could jizz behind the microwave and get away with it. Man, boss, come look at this. Pull down sunglasses. Who jizz behind the under yeah. cabinet mounted microwave? <laughs> He just in the microwave. What is this? Man's it's a calling. Problem? It's the calling phone. <laughs> Every time this is the you... third. This is the third jizzed on microwave we've had this week, sir. <laughs> my God, it's a my serial God. jizzer. <laughs> oh my God! He doesn't. That, that's the crime. He breaks into people's house, doesn't do anything but jizz in the microwave, and then just leaves. And that's why he's a serial jizzer and not yep. a serial raper. That's right. You know, uh, it's a rapist, ra- raper, yeah. rapist. Rapist, I know, but rapist. what is that? There's a show that somebody says that it's like a rape, rape, rap, raper for uh, for rapper. I know what you're talking a, a about. A rapist. That sounds vague. That, I think it's Arrested Development. Might be because he's a full. He's a. <laughs> oh, hold on! I gotta remember what it is. An analrapist. He's an analyzer therapist, and he mixes them together. He's an analrapist. <laughs> I love it. And that the card, a good show too. And the card anal says rapist. anal rapist. Oh my goodness. Uh, All right, I guess we gotta we gotta end this thing up. I we hear dogs go. barking and I smell food. So yes, we gotta that's, go. That's the, the calling card. I do want to appreciate everybody for stopping by watching. Thanks to Casey for being our guest for this episode. We'll have him on again because you know yeah. he's good friends with Blaze too, and yep. Blaze has been trying to see you. So he he was trying to come I'll over Friday before the flu struck him. I'll, yeah. I'll call in sick next time we record. Then now you're talking. There we go. Bam, yeah. bam. No but uh, thank you guys for watching. If you liked it, like it. If you dislike it, dislike it, and uh, leave us a review on a podcast service of your choice. And uh, don't forget we have Patreon and Discord that you could join in and uh, be part of the fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks to our patrons, Dan Barber, Josh Terrell. Going to throw ahead and throw in my guy, Chad V, who I keep forgetting to add on here. And our new one, Nick, Mr. Solidarity Red. Uh, Matthew Green, my name is Dan. Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Funk Turkey, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Blow, Eduardo Palomino, Stephen Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, and Dylan Kirby. If you'd like to support us, go over to patreon.com slash nartech. Thanks.